0: Good evening everybody. Welcome everyone. Thanks for coming to week three of Hallowed. Prevailing prayer, that's the theme for this week. What does it mean to be... (laughs) What does it mean to keep going in prayer and keep going? I'm going to hand over to our first story tonight, which is from Karen. Should we give Karen a round of applause? This
1: is an example of what prayer isn't. Sorry, yeah, yeah. Hi, John. How's the house move gone? And what about the new bed? Hey, didn't your uh, rob get my house? Did it, I tell you about our Andrew? He's got problems with his eyes and he's... Oh, Stephen's just got oh. a thingy at bed and he's just got... Ex- oh, I can't even say it myself now. I've run out of thingy. Our oh, Stephen's just got promotion at work and didn't didn't said, your Alan... Didn't your Alan have a problem with his eyes? And did I tell you about my neighbour down the street? And can you help me do this? And what, what about my garden? <laughs> <laughs> thank you yeah 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 but you know we can go to god and just give him a list and um prayer is definitely a conversation it's definitely about relationship um hot off the press today i joined some ladies at christchurch mission and they're, get, they're getting some work done. And the workman, uh, Elsa talked to one of the workmen. He said, we're going to pray. He said, why don't you join us? And he did. And um, he wanted us to pray for his dead mum because his mum was the mainstay of the family and you could go and drop anything off her. And we said, well, Jesus can do that. Why don't you go to Jesus? And we actually prayed for him. And this um, Middlesbrough working bloke uh said, wow, he said, I feel so different. He said, you can't say these things to your workmates and your friends because I'm a Middlesbrough broken, you just don't do that. He said, thank you. He said, I was able to share. And he said, I do feel different. So, wow. And then, secondly, um, when I got on the bus, instead of putting my my purse in my bag, which I normally do, I put it underneath my arm. Why did I put it underneath my arm? And I... I Forgot to put it in my bag, and when I got off the bus, I'd actually lost my purse. Um, and then I met Helen, but do you know what? I wasn't. I, I was prayed for, and I had such peace that my fam, I fan I'd find my purse, and I phoned Keith, and the big, bigger miracle is he didn't flip out either. And we, we, we went down to the stage court, and then I met met the bus, and the driver was lovely, and and I got my purse back, and everything worked out wonderfully. So. God does answer prayer. Um, And thank you, Joan, by the way. Yeah. So, Father, I pray that you come clearly and concisely. Help me keep on point and and not waffle on. Uh, Yeah, come, Lord Jesus. So, um, I'm going to call this my journey into relationship with my three best friends. I was so thankful because people used to say, who's been... Brought into the kingdom by prayer, and I couldn't put my hand up until um, when I was 29. We were talking about on my ninth birthday, I got involved in in a car accident and I was semi unconscious. And when I was about 29, my mum said, Well, when that happened to you, he said, I told God that He could have you as long as you lived. (laughs) And yeah, and then. yeah, so, yeah, and then I was actually born again in a cinema watching Chariots of Fire and I found out later that YWAM were prayer walking the area. So I was birthed into, into the kingdom by prayer. I think everybody is actually. A couple of obs- ob- my observations about prayer is prayer is so much bigger than words. You do not need words. Just a sigh. Just a look. Yeah, just a bit of body language. Y- y- you, yeah, God is so much bigger, and I also I often pray to God. I mean, I've been a Christian since nineteen eighty two, and even now I say, God, teach me to pray, because there's always things you can learn. Um. Yeah, I've found that um, when I pray, I. Try to make God as big as I can. God, you made the words. You spoke the words into being. You know every star by name. Father, you hold the whole of creation in your hands. The bigger you make God, the more you can trust him, the more confidence you can have in him. You cannot make God too big. And the bigger he, bigger he is in in you, because obviously you can never get to the end of him, The more you can trust him, the the better, you know, so just make God um, as big as you can. And that means that you can pray big prayers and little prayers, knowing that you've got a God who will hear you. I've always prayed all my life, long before I knew God, I've always prayed, prayed when I was in trouble, but I also thanked him when life was good. I've, I've just always done it. And then when I was 27, I found out who I'd been talking to all my life. It was just wonderful. Yeah. I find that my life in prayer has seasons. So I remember um, uh, sort of a long time ago, I used to fall on the floor, not daring to stand in God's presence, certainly not sit, and pour out my heart and, God, I'm such a sinner, and this and this. and, And then I'd obviously pray other things. But then I found out that God loved me and my sins were forgiven and, and I didn't have to sort of, I mean obviously I, I genuinely think that confession is really good for your soul. I try to get, it's good to get rid of anything that's preventing the airways and anything that's clogging up the airways. So anything you feel needs to be confessed, it's really, really good. I I, I think it's one of the things that we take too lightly confession, um, pers- That's but that's a personal thing. Um, But anything that's getting in the way of you and God, get rid of it. And then you've got this open airway. So, yeah, yeah. Um, But now I've found that, uh, especially on on good days and I go and sit in my garden, I often just go and sit and presence myself. Anna, I loved what Anna said about God being present, but we need to be present with him. It's haunted me this uh, um, because it's actually something which I really feel very strongly about but I t- as I say I, I've often now I find that I sit in silence with God which is harder than you think because it's trying to st- it's staying focused on God it's not just sitting back and I mean I sometimes have a coffee with God and that's brilliant I love having a coffee with me, dad it's just the best thing ah, it's such a joyous thing but then there's this series, this sitting like Mary and just being present with God. But then when I, I need to use words in corporate situations, when I'm praying privately with people, I find that I'm sharper and I can, um, I mean, without even knowing what's going on in people's lives, because God has been present or I've been present with God, I can hear him and therefore I'm aware of what's going on. Um, no, I'm not aware. God tells me, and I've, I've I've prayed prayers that have been so significant, and I just say thank you to God. God always gets the glory. Um, I meant to say it right at the beginning, if you take anything that you think's me, then I've spoke wrongly. Everything I'm saying here is about my wonderful, wonderful, wonderful God, my Father, my Saviour, and the Holy Spirit, because I wouldn't be here without them. So this is all to his glory. He must get the glory. So when I pray for people, and they say, how do you know that? I said, I didn't. God told me, and God knows, and God loves you. A story of how much God loves people. I was at home one day in the summer holidays, and Keith was around with the boys, and I knew I was going out. I hadn't got a clue where I was going. Didn't know where I was doing, didn't even know when. All of a sudden, I was going to Teesside Park got down the town centre, got on the bus. Um, and if you know me and my bladder, it's got a long history. Whenever I get off the bus, I need to go to the toilet. I would go to the cinema. No, I was going to Morrison's. I was going to Morrison's. So I went into Morrison's, opened the door. There was this lady, she was, I found out she was only 25. She'd had a stroke. She was really struggling to get down the corridor. So I helped her down the corridor, into the toilet, uh, waited for her and took her out and then stood in the fire and God said well aren't you going to pray for her? I said well it wasn't on my agenda God. <laughs> so I tentatively went up to this couple because she'd met up with, this, this, uh, with her, 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 her husband. I said do you mind if I pray with you? She said certainly not and then she'd explained that she'd had this stroke and things and so I said well okay God what do you want me to pray for? So I prayed for her so god had this lady in mind to pray for this is how much god loves people this w- this is truly god just, just it was just a privilege so where do i get to yeah so uh as i've said i've always prayed and um but then when the blessing was here um, we call it the Toronto Blessing, I prefer to say God's Blessing, and things were happening. When I was there on Sunday morning, uh, this particular Sunday morning, I actually went into labour, not actual labour, but I went through all the motions, and I cried out, God, give me a prayer life or I'll die. And prayer became, it was just, I, I, I prayed, I didn't breathe, or I just prayed, I just, it just happened. And then I couldn't. I could not pray. It was just like a big wall. I was thinking. So I set some time aside. I went into this little room at the back and I wrestled and grappled with God. And at the end of it, God said, prayer defines you. Not Jesus, not me, but prayer. The reason I lived was prayer, not Jesus, and God loved me too much to let me continue in that vein. So we so then I said okay, Lord, I want to pray heaven's prayers. I want to pray everything that comes out of your heart, kingdom prayers. Help me pray from your heart so that you you get the glory, you, your business gets done and get me out of the way. And shortly after that, one of the ladies where I used to fellowship, her husband was dying of cancer and I, we were on the phone one day and I said, can I pray? And she said, yeah. I said, Sandra, I'm going to be silent and I might pray in tongues and then let's just see what God has to say. And When I was praying in English, words were coming out of my mouth. Honestly, it was like, Father, let this happen and let this happen. in my head, I was saying, you can't pray that. You can't say that. But words were coming out of my mouth. About a year later, this lady was on stage saying something which was really profound. And I managed to catch her later. And I said, wow, that was amazing. She said, Karen, that prayer, that prayer. And I said, that was God. I said, because honestly, Sandra, I didn't mean to say it, but you don't know her. Um, I said, I wrestled with that. I said, but I let God come out of my mouth. It, 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 it was, uh, and, and we just have to learn that God is, loves you much more than, than human people love you and that you can pray from a human heart, and it's not that it's bad, but it isn't the best. On this, on this, um, I, um, I mean, I do pray for my children. Obviously, I pray for my children, but I ask other people to pray for my children because they're too near to me. And I don't want my mother's heart to prevent God doing what he needs to do in them because... I will want to protect them. I will want to save them. But God loves them. And I've got to trust my God. So I asked other people. I've often have said, look, my sons are really struggling. But I don't want my mother's heart to prevent God's best. Listen, um, I am me. And God has given me this, this prayer life. This is what he's doing in me. Each of you will have a different journey and a different way, and it'll be good and it'll be right and it'll be what God wants you to do. How many times have you been in prayer meetings and we've got an issue like the Ukraine, but there are, you know, there are other issues, and during a corporate session, um, corporate uh, situation, um, and you get all these different ways of praying. I've prayed with. <laughs> I've asked Liz if I can say a name, yeah, I've prayed with Liz for years now, and uh, there'll be issues come up, and I'll say, God, do this, and do this, and rah, 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 and Liz will say, yeah, but Lord, will you care, will you come alongside, will you bring love and support, and it's not that the rah's wrong, but Liz brings the, the gentler side, but That's two sides of the same situation. And I mean, there's, I don't know, loads of people in here. And God will put something different on your heart about the same situation because he's a complete God. He's a wise God and he knows what he's doing. And none of your prayers will be wrong. It'll just be different because God is different. We all have relationships with different people and none of them are the same because we're all different and unique. At the end of every prayer... I intentionally say God let your kingdom come let your will be done because he knows. I mean I get mad at God, I get angry at God, I cry at God, I whisper at God I tell him as I think it is Um, but then and I say Lord I think the solution but then I say to God but God you know your way your will and help me to surrender yeah going back to silent prayer, I'm part of the prayer tea side group that uh, tries to get side covered 24-7, so we all take an hour a week. And this one morning, I wanted to throw myself on the floor and really intercede and really get to business. And God said, sit down and shut up, Karen. Just sit down and shut up and just be with me. And later on in the day, he said, you wanted to work this morning. You wanted to feel important. You needed to feel important this morning. Well, I just wanted you to sit and let me get on with my job. But he was right. Tongues. I often speak in tongues, especially when I'm praying for other people, because um, I don't need to know what God is going to do. I don't need to know what I'm, I'm asking God for. God knows. I don't need to know. There was somebody struggling in the fellowship, and I'd often go to them, and say house things, and it'd say not very good, or they'd say, you know, and I'd say, I don't need to know, because I knew that they were being covered, but I just wanted them to know that I was standing with them in prayer, and I didn't need to. And, and I often say, you know, when, I'm, when I go up to people, I'll say, Do you want to tell me, or do I? And, and, and uh, yeah, you, you don't need to know, God knows, and you've got to trust God that he will sort the situation out. And often, English can often... Um, it often impedes God rather than helps. So if you just allow God, just present yourself. And then if you feel... Because sometimes I do a sense like God wants to say something. So I, I listen and that's what I pray. And I don't always get it right, by the way. So don't think that I'm some kind of... Cause I, but, but I do my best... I think, I think uh, oh yeah, it's re- this is really important, sorry, prayer builds relationships. So I had a friend who was counseling another girl, and she asked me to stand with them in prayer. Now I didn't even know this girl, never met her, and I used to pray for her, and I learned to love her. In fact, the first time I s- met this girl, I was so nervous, because I really... She was really important in my life that I actually messed up and I had to say, look, I'm really sorry, but because of, I've been praying for you, I lived you, and I got really nervous and I've acted out of character. Please forgive me. The other thing is, is there was a girl at work which I didn't like. She was just not a pleasant lady, but she had these like rumbling headaches which really de- debilitated her and it, they were really horrible and the doctors were going to operate, then they wouldn't operate, and then they would operate anyway. Um, I felt God say, um, what are you going to do about it? So I fasted and prayed for for this lady. Um, and even while I was praying for her before this, I just learned to love her and would do her kindness and want the best for her. I never learnt to like her. I really didn't. Um, but I did love her, and I would... Would have gone out of my way to help her, and I, and I had this day of praying fasting, and she did have the operation, which was a success, and I was so f- so thankful yeah yeah let 's not say that, yeah, so just <laughs> just let me say that you can talk to God about mammoth things like this thing in the Ukraine, you can talk to God about your broken finger, God is there twenty four seven he loves you, and the more you talk to him, and the more time you spend with him the more trust builds up, the more confidence you have in him. I cannot exhort you enough to just give God the time and prayer and don't worry about the words you speak. Don't worry about your actions. Just be present with him. Let him do the leading. Let him do the guiding. Um, And if you get it wrong, even that doesn't matter because I've sometimes found that words, I've said words and then God's read my heart and, and done what really needs to be done. So, it's all about spending time with God and learning to trust him.
0: I love how different people, I love being part of a diverse church, and I love how different people have different relationships with God. Yes. Um, so there were some real nuggets in all of that. Um, so thank you, Karen. Can you hear me okay? Yeah. Good. Um, So on Sunday, I was really stirred. Is Darren here? Darren? No, Darren's not here this evening. Um, I was really stirred by what Darren uh, shared with us from, uh, I think it was Amos 9. It says, the days are coming, declares the Lord, when the reaper will be overtaken by the plowman and the planter by the one treading the grapes. New wine will drip, from the mountains and flow from all the hills. Um, we are seeing nations, different nations come into the church from all over the world and lots of different languages being spoken. We're seeing um, international partnership with Turkey and Ghana um, accelerate at a pace that we you know we're struggling to keep up with if i'm honest we are seeing our social justice projects the big ones and the little ones um really going to a different level in terms of god's grace uh, to our communities and we're struggling to keep up with all of those and and i just feel this is the season we are in god is on the move this is a season where what did it say the uh, Where the reaper will be overtaken by the plowman And the planter by the one treading the grapes So maybe tonight we're going to pray into that I think that's a really important scripture Prophetic scripture to take hold of Tonight I want to talk about um, Prevailing, persisting, persevering Prayer Yeah, This ongoing long haul prayer Um, Terry Virgo who is the father of our New Frontiers movement of churches. He's always been a real um, um, a prayer warrior, but also personally has really challenged and provoked me over the years. And over the years, I've listened to lots and lots of things about uh, talks and books and whatnot about him. Um, On prayer, he came to stay with us over the course of a few days some years ago now, Um, and I remember coming downstairs. This memory is like this memory is etched into my brain. I came down about five o'clock in the morning. I normally wake up well, occasionally I wake up at that time in the morning, and I'm kind of gonna. I was planning on getting on with stuff, Um, and then in this other room, in our living room, which was the room I was planning on going to, um, I can hear this man singing. Um, singing his heart out and praying and crying out to God. Um, and it went on for hours, it went on for hours. And this was Terry getting up, preparing for his day ahead. Um, I think he had a few, he was he was speaking at uh, TVC. Uh, and he was praying out scripture, he was singing songs, he was grappling with God Um, He had no idea that I was listening to him. And actually, I was like peeking through the the door was slightly ajar. And this guy was like all over the place. And then he'd sit down and I just watched him for at least half an hour. He had no idea. And what really got me was his mind, his body, his soul and spirit was engrossed in this intimacy with God. And I'll, I'll never forget it. Um, and so, really, I want to share four thoughts, really, from the things that I've heard Terry speak, speak about, talk about, or I've spoken to him about. Um, and the fir- first thing is, firstly, knowing who you are praying to is essential When you're praying for the long haul, knowing this God, God loves to pour out, is his rain. That's a theme throughout the Bible. His rain is his blessing. We need to know that that is God's will, especially when times are tough. For, um, for prolonged lengths of time, we need to know that. We are not praying to some grumpy, reluctant, inner mood kind of God whose sole purpose is to prove his bigness by withholding things from us. That's not the kind of God we pray to. That's not the kind of God he is. Uh, like a naughty boy, you'd have used to do this when you were little. Like a naughty boy who rings the house bell and then runs away. That's not the kind of God. That's not how we approach God in prayer. This, this praying. This God loves us. He's our Father in heaven who goes out of his way to give us our daily bread. And um, one of the greatest evidences of this, obviously, is is that we worship a suffering God. Up until until Christianity started, no one ever tried that approach before. I guess they didn't think it would work. It was a ludicrous thing to even talk about. I'm not sure the early believers really understood it either, but they had... But they, but they had nothing else. That was what they had, a suffering God, to change the world. We believe in a God who put his feet in our shoes. Hebrews 4 says, For we do not have a high priest who is unable to empathise with us, um, with our weaknesses. So sometimes with our familiarity, though, we can just pass over this. Or I find I can just pass over this. And as a result, miss out on... on all of God's love. Yeah. This suffering God. Dorothy says, I love this little quote. Dorothy L. says noted that people who are filled with horrified indignation whenever a cat uh, kills a sparrow can hear the story of the killing, and, uh, killing of God and not experience any shock at all. Yeah, we need to not be over familiar. Listen, God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Let these scriptures really get into you. Prevailing and persisting prayer um, comes from knowing who you are praying to. So how are you nurturing this friendship bit like what Karen was sharing. You could see that nurturing intimacy that Karen had with God. How are you nurturing this friendship with your holy Father? Secondly, prevailing prayer comes through a disciplined habit of going into your room, closing the door, is what Jesus said, and praying to your Father who is unseen. Then your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. Yeah. Over lockdown God has really provoked me to pray deeper. Yeah. I wasn't really sure what that meant when it all started. I wasn't good at it. I wasn't good at it before lockdown. I'm still not good at it. I'm 23. I'm 23 years in now. I hope I get good at it soon. COVID but during COVID, during the COVID season I remember reading Tim Tim Keller's book that Gavin talked about on prayer and relating to the story of how he said um, about how a child speaks what their parents speak to them. Yeah. yeah, and Andrew Wilson tells of a story of how his friend was playing Scalextrix, that um, miniature car track racing game with his five-year-old son, and when his car came off the tracks and crashed, the five, five-year-old said, women drivers. <laughs> That guy was very embarrassed. But in that thought, God tenderly rebuked me by saying, if you're not taking time to listen to me, what have you got to say to the church? The church doesn't need my bright ideas, your bright ideas, but, but my words that come, but God's words that come with power. And so over the last couple of years, I have been carving out big chunks of time on Monday, often feeling guilty about it, particularly when Charlotte's at work. Um, Sometimes successfully, sometimes unsuccessfully, sticking, sticking it into my diary. Time to hear God, time to be intimate with him. Going into my room, closing the door and praying in secret for me doesn't look like that at all. Um, it, it, it's it's a, it's about going and walking the dog. Usually the same route. I try and do the same route every time. Taking my phone, listening to the Bible, recording things that I feel um, God has spoken to me about. Thanking um, thanking Him for what I see all around me. Reflecting on Sunday and what I've heard. Um, Um, Thinking about the weeks ahead. These are the things that I kind of slow down for with God. Praying out what the news feeds deliver. I find this really helpful because initially I was looking at news feeds first thing in the morning. And I was starting my morning with depression. No, depressing news. But actually over these walks what I would do is pray out these news feeds that they're delivered things that were going around um, the world to me in fear and I would turn them around into faith-filled dialogues with God um, who's compassionate. You may have seen me take loads of photos. Um, they help me pray later. I love going through my photos and praying. Um, visuals prompt me. Sadly, also, I get very distracted. Very distracted. Very <laughs> distracted. Um, And sometimes I can't even think of words to pray. You know, the kids, um, Michelle often goes, are you going to have any conversation today? Because sometimes I just go quiet and, and that's the same with God. And that's why I often find myself praying in tongues, not because I'm some spiritual giant or a special tongue speaking Christian. No, it's because I'm weak. It's because I'm weak. Romans 8 says, in the same way, the Spirit helps us in our weaknesses. We do not know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us through wordless groans. Um, Where is your room and what does closing the door really look like for you? Is it working? Do you need to change your room? You know, these... Evenings over the next month are about you rethinking, me rethinking about this particular area of our prayer, our prayer life. Thirdly, prevailing and persisting in prayer is taking hold of God's promises for the long haul. This is what directs our prayers. Andy Murray writes, it's, a, it, it is, it's as though the promises of God are awaiting our prayers to ignite them yeah when Daniel was reading uh, uh, when Daniel was reading uh, Jeremiah and realised that the 70 years of desolation by the Babylonians was was up and after after that God had promised that the people were going to return back from Babylon Daniel didn't say well time's up then let's get to it rather what does he do? He gives himself to prayer and fasting because he knows God's promised something. Terry Virgo says, God is looking for people who take his promises seriously and take hold of them in prayer. I like that picture of prayer being something that we take hold of. Michael Akosha has taught me a lot about this during one of their extended times of prayer. And that is not just like a 24-7 thing, their prayer for a whole month, um, he, printed off, he printed off a whole list of promises for me uh, while they were praying. And it was like those prayers, and I started praying them as they were praying them, not not the same time, different country and everything, um, but it was like those prayers were linking us in faith and action. Praying back God's promises is an amazing thing to do. Compassion—the Compassion Hub School that they are that they are building—it's well underway now, Um, um, and hopefully they'll be inviting children in after the summer. So, and this has come through prayer. This has come through Michael and Michael Mabel and their whole church praying out. Quite a few months ago, Helen asked uh, this. Helen asked if she could if she could start praying for a building um in in their interest in your intercessory prayer team um why cuz she said god said uh, I was increasingly becoming more stirred around that time about a building nothing was on the cards and um and we don't have a great history of building provision do we um over the years, in fact Steve Sutton was joking about it over coffee the other day he said he described it as your very poor record of building provision Um, we're famous across Teesside for something so they prayed and I prayed uh, and quite a few months later Paul Winston spoke to Gavin you've heard this story before about having coffee with the Methodist minister here and the rest of that faith story is unfolding we talked to him again about it today What are the promises of God you are taking hold of? Are you praying our churches together promises, our vision, our spotlights? If you need those, we can easily give you, Simon's put together a beautiful infographic um, to help you. And I've got it on my windows um, just so I can pray. I can see these things. Fourthly, finally, I think, yeah, God wants us to pray fervently. Fervently, James 5 reads, The effective prayer of a righteous man can accomplish much. And then he talks about Elijah. Elijah was a man with a nature just like us. He was just like us. And he prayed earnestly, heartfelt, fervent, prevailing, continued prayer that it would not rain and it did not. So that got me thinking, there's something about that, about this fervent, earnest, heartfelt prayer that looks different from the kind of prayers I often pray. And that's, and I think that's the biggest invitation from God to us in this next season. These big prayers, prevailing, fervent, earnest, heartfelt, continued prayer seems to be something different. Helen, Liz, Joan, Karen, Keith, Julie, Mushtaba, Sasan, Elham, Paul, Angela, Gavin, Hannah, Bella, Diane, Ange- uh, I said Angela, others, lots of you. Uh, really helped me to see more about what that is um, I, um, and, I, and I genuinely believe in this next season it 's something that God wants us to rise up to back through His grace with L plates fixed on. When I often pray with groups or on my own, I often have to get into it by almost kind of breaking the ice kind of prayers. Uh, Don Carson, a kind of stretch, if you like, before you start doing a long run or something, what Don Carson calls praying yourself into prayer. I don't know if you find that. There's a dynamic of men and women together calling on God, firstly, very reluctantly and in shyness. And then you gradually get into this rhythm of faith and fervency. It becomes contagious. When I first became a Christian, I didn't pray once at all aloud for a whole year. I felt awkward in those silences. But eventually, God helping, I broke through that major barrier. It was a very big barrier for me. There's people like that here in this room. And I want to encourage you to step out. A bit like when I taught the kids how to ride a bike. Initially, they didn't want to do it. And we, you know, I pestered and pestered. And eventually they got on. And eventually they fell off a few times until they were confident on that bike. And the more and more you give, the more and more you get. And I don't mean, you know... Prosperity type stuff. I'm, I'm just think, you know. The more and more you give to God, the more and more He fills you and brings you closer. This fervency has no limit. I love this. I'm gonna, gonna come to a, I'm gonna come to a land now. Um, this is how Jacob prayed, prayed in uh, Genesis 32. So Jacob was left alone. I'm just going to read it. So Jacob was left alone and wrestled with a man till daybreak. When the man saw he could not overpower him, he touched the socket of Jacob's hip so that his hip was wrenched and he res- as he wrestled with the man. Then the man said, let me go for it is daybreak. But Jacob replied, I will not let you go unless you bless me. The man asked him, what is your name? Jacob answered, "Uh, Jacob, he answered. Then the man said, your name will no longer be Jacob, but Israel, because you have struggled with God and have overcome. Then he blessed him there. So Jacob called the place Peniel, saying, it is because I saw God face to face, and yet my life was spare. How extraordinary is that when you really think about it? What about Moses after the whole golden calf event? It says this, and the Lord said to me, I have seen this people and they are a stiff necked people indeed. Let me alone Moses so that I may destroy them and blot their name out under heaven. Somehow, and you only see these little things the more and more you delve into scripture, Somehow Moses, a mere man, was hindering God's actions to the point where God has to say to him, let me alone Moses, you're getting in the way. And if we read on, it's followed by Moses arguing with God. These are are the people who you redeemed, you can't destroy them God, his prayers are like An an active exercise of this personal relationship with God. All out. P.T. Forsyth writes this. Lose the importunity of prayer, which literally means persistence to the point of annoyance lose the importunity of prayer, reduce it to just talking aloud or even to mere conversation with God, lose the real conflict of will and will, lose the habit of wrestling and the hope of prevailing with God, make it mere walking with God in friendly talk and as precious as that is, yet you tend to lose the reality of prayer at last. In principle, you make it mere conversation instead of the soul's great action. Quite wordy, but powerful. Jubilee, God is calling us to move away from the naughty boy who rings the doorbell and runs away kind of prayers. To wrestling prayers, grappling prayers, persistent prayers, breakthrough prayers, Jacob prayers, Moses prayers, Elijah prayers, Jesus prayers. But we start with planning to pray. We start with planning to pray. Wherever you are, wherever you are um, on that plan, as it were, plan to make the next step. The next step might merely mean 15 minutes once a week. It might mean reading your Bible and a short prayer for 10 minutes every morning or every day. It might mean asking a few people to team up and pray together, either on Zoom or face-to-face, once a week or once a month. It might mean praying with your family. It might mean praying with your children. It might mean reading aloud some pre-written prayers to help you get into it I've really found that really helpful whatever it is Jubilee plan to pray finally Andrew Murray writes oh what a deep heavenly mystery this is of persevering prayer the God who has promised who longs whose fixed purpose is to give the blessing holds it back It is to him a matter of such deep importance that his friends on earth should know fully and trust their rich friend in heaven that he trains them in the school of answer delayed to find out how their perseverance really does prevail and what the mighty power is they can wield in heaven if they do just set themselves to it. Let's penetrate that mystery. Let's prevail Let's prevail, let's plan to prevail in prayer. I'm going to pray and then uh, hand over to Sam. yeah? Yeah, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for tonight. Thank you, Lord, that you are an amazing God, you're an intimate God, you're a close God, and you call us to pray, not, not out of duty, not out of uh, regulations, but you give this to us to grow our intimacy and enjoyment of you. And I pray, Holy Spirit, more and more, that we will be a people who persevere in prayer, prevail in prayer, wrestle with you, Lord. We come to your promises and and grapple with them. Come, Holy Spirit, grace us with the ability to pray to you regularly and closely in Jesus' name. Keep teaching us how to pray, Lord God. Amen.